0: and a
1: smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you.
2: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, with a little bit of a hoarse voice, Dr. Kevin Passero, Thank you all for tuning in. Our wonderful co-host Dana Lake will be returning next week. We're here every Sunday morning, always bringing you the latest and greatest related to health and wellness. And today is absolutely no exception. Today's a great show, a great day. We've got an amazing special guest. We just, or she just, found out that her newest book is on the is number one on the New York Times best selling list right now. And it's a condition that is very near and dear to my heart because it makes up about 60% of my practice. And it's been that way for about the last six to seven years. And it is helping people with thyroid disorders, specifically Hashimoto's disease, which is a autoimmune thyroid condition that is the most common cause of hypothyroidism in the world today. So... I'm going to just get right to our special guest because I really want to spend as much time with her today as possible. Isabella Wentz is a PharmD, which is a licensed pharmacist, is an internationally acclaimed thyroid specialist and licensed pharmacist who has dedicated her career to addressing the root causes of autoimmune thyroid disease after being diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis in 2009. Dr. Wentz is the author of the New York Times best-selling patient guide, Hashimoto's Thyroiditis, lifestyle interventions for finding and treating the root cause and the forthcoming protocol-based book, Hashimoto's Protocol, a 90-day plan for reversing thyroid symptoms and getting your life back. As a patient advocate, researcher, clinician, and educator, Dr. Wentz is committed to raising awareness on how to overcome autoimmune thyroid disease through the Thyroid Secret Documentary Series, the Hashimoto's Institute Practitioner Training, in her international consulting and speaking services offered to both patients and healthcare professionals. Dr. Wentz, thank you for taking the time to be with us today.
3: Uh, Thank you so much for having me here. It's such an honor to be here with you.
2: Yeah, so people um, can get your book if they go on amazon.com, and they can learn more about you by going to your website, which has a lot of great resources, which is www.thyroidpharmacist.com. Now, Dr. Wentz, we read in your bio, that you were diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis in 2009. And one of the first questions that I was maybe going to ask you was, how did you become interested in thyroid health? And I think that that question is already answered. And I believe (laughs) that most people or many people that do some of the best work, clinicians, educators, advocates, are people that have been through, have walked in those shoes themselves. Right. And um, tell us your story because, I'm sure it is the beginning of how you became a leading expert in this condition and field.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and it's so true. I never really set out to be a thyroid expert. I was not particularly interested in the thyroid during pharmacy school. There were other conditions with with far more interesting drugs, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And in pharmacy school, I just learned that if you had thyroid disease, that was something that just sort of happened and that there was one medication that you you prescribed and Mm -hmm. took for it, and that was going to be synthetic thyroid. It wasn't until I was diagnosed myself at age 27 after almost a decade of some pretty strange and debilitating symptoms that nobody could figure out. I had chronic fatigue. I had palpitations. I had irritability. I had IBS. I had anxiety, panic attacks, carpal tunnel, hair loss. You name the symptom, I pretty much had it. And when I finally found out that I had Hashimoto's, a part of me was relieved because I thought finally there's a name to what I've been going through for all this time. People have been telling me that it's just in my head, that maybe I need to see a psychiatrist, that I'm a hypochondriac, that I'm making this stuff up, right? And part of me actually believed that for for a little while. So I was relieved to hear that I actually had a disease. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sounds strange. And I was excited that I would be able to get started on thyroid hormones because I thought they would be the answer to everything. But the more I learned about my condition, the more I realized that it was autoimmune in nature and it was progressive. And I wanted to do something about the autoimmune attack on my thyroid glands. And I really wanted to feel better because the thyroid hormones helped but they didn't eliminate my symptoms. So I went from sleeping for like 12 hours a night to 11 hours. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, some things got better, but I was still struggling. And that was when I sort of became a Hashimoto's expert slash human Guinea pig. And it was really my own effort to get myself better and try to try to be the healthiest person I could be with Hashimoto's and, uh, part of me was hoping and really, you know, scheming to try to put the condition into remission, which by the conventional medical standards that I was trained in, brought up in, that wasn't a possibility. But a part of me thought that maybe it was possible. And I and I wanted to, to do anything in my power to make it happen.
2: Yeah, it's such a common story. And there's so many good examples in there that I hope we get to in the show today we're really looking at people as a whole is the start for getting people well. And even though you may have a clear cut diagnosis, like you were excited to be told you have Hashimoto's, you found that the current treatments didn't get you all the way where you needed to be. Right. And it's possible that you can have multiple things going on in your body at the same time. You may have had thyroid issues. You may have had some irritable bowel issues. You may have had other digestive problems and, They all may be linking together to create the symptom picture that you're experiencing. And if you look at them all together and address them all together, you move everything to a better place of health. And I assume that that is basically what you did. And from reading your previous books, I know that that is what you advocate patients to do. So help us understand, I mean, how common is thyroid disorders in Hashimoto's? I mean, I can answer the question, but I want to hear you answer it.
3: Wow. You know, when I first was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, I remember I came home and my husband said, that sounds like an exotic Japanese sword fighter, right? And everybody thinks it's this really rare condition, but looking at using advanced diagnostic methods, so beyond the standard screening test that most doctors use, we're looking at 27% of the population in the United States that has Hashimoto's. Um, And the condition Happens to affect women more commonly than men. So, for every man with Hashimoto's, there are five to eight women. And we see that pregnancy, puberty, and perimenopause are going to be a three peak time in a woman's life when she may have, um, you know, an expression of the condition. Mm-hmm. This is something that is responsible for anxiety, for, for weight gain, for fatigue, for um, infertility and miscarriages. And a lot of people they're not diagnosed until the condition is very advanced in the fourth stage of the condition when they actually have to um, start on thyroid hormones because their thyroid glands are so destroyed that they cannot produce enough thyroid hormone. But the condition can be present for 10, sometimes 15 Mm -hmm. years before a person reaches that point and is discovered to have the condition on standard of care testing. The The thing that not many people realize is that majority of people within the United States who have an underactive thyroid, a sluggish thyroid, hypothyroid, who take um, Synthroid or Levothyroxine, they actually have Hashimoto's. So anywhere from 90 to 95% of those people actually have it, but oftentimes they're just told their thyroid is sluggish or lazy or slow, Mm
2: -hmm. and they're
3: not told that they have autoimmunity in their body.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean... Isn't there something to be said for identifying it early on before people present with a lot of symptoms or sometimes it can be detected and you can do less invasive, lower uh, risk therapies to head off a major problem in the future?
3: Ideally, I would love to have a person that's when to be diagnosed in stage two of Hashimoto's where we just have the beginning of the autoimmune attack on the thyroid gland right. we usually will have some symptoms like anxiety um maybe some weight gain some um fatigue and palpitations but not not as significant as somebody who is in advanced stages of the condition right and their thyroid hormone is still their thyroid gland is still making enough hormone it would be great to discover The condition at that stage so we could intervene, we could prevent all of these symptoms, we could prevent the damage to the thyroid.
2: Yeah. Now, quickly, before we uh, head into the break, we've identified this issue where a lot of people aren't getting diagnosed until this later stage, right? But there is a way to oftentimes identify Hashimoto's thyroiditis in earlier stages. So this brings us to the conversation, Dr. Wentz, of testing. You know, is it From my experience, it's a lack of detailed testing that oftentimes leads people to not understand or not discover that they actually have this issue until it's very late stage. Is that, do you agree?
3: Absolutely. You know, if if I had a dollar for every person that said my doctor tested my thyroid and they said it was normal, yet they're struggling with thyroid symptoms and we do advanced testing and we find that no, their thyroid is not normal. You know, it's it just so many people, it, it, it's it's a little bit um, frustrating for me to hear this, but basically the medical standard medical approach is to do a screening test for thyroid disease. This is the TSH test. This test is excellent if you've had thyroid disease for 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. because it'll pick up the thyroid hormone dysfunction, like a very advanced stage of thyroid disease the TSH will be elevated. If you have had an underactive thyroid for a long time, the longer you had it, the, the greater the elevation you're going to see. Now, um, this test is going to be normal for the first probably 10 years of when you have Hashimoto's. And so you can do more advanced testing. And the the tests that are easiest that I advocate, and they're inexpensive, they they're covered on every kind of insurance company, and you can also self-order them, are thyroid antibody tests. There's TPO and TG antibody testing, and these tests will reveal if the immune system has started attacking the thyroid glands. And so this test can uncover cases of thyroid disease up to a decade earlier than the TSH standard of care mm-hmm. test can. Yep. Then there's other types of tests that people can do, which... Um, which includes thyroid hormone levels, like directly how much thyroid hormone you have on board with T3, T4 testing. And then um, I also like to say free T3, free T4. That gives us an idea of how much active hormone is available. And then, um, I, you know, for everybody, I recommend doing a thyroid ultrasound. Mm-hmm. There are some people who have Hashimoto's, but they don't have antibodies, there's a certain percentage of them, and, um, you know, the research out there is is it's a little bit all over the place, so anywhere from 10 to 40% may not have antibodies, but they may still have the attack on their thyroid gland.
2: Yeah, some of that inflammatory damage that occurs from that immune attack resulting in the same subset of symptoms, and I think, you know, certainly there's exactly. a lot of, of great resources where people can look at a symptom checklist for thyroid issues, and there are other... Th- conditions that can cause similar symptoms, but if you have them, it's worth getting this more extensive testing done. And I will say, Dr. Wentz, I'm sure you'll agree with me. One of the most important um, criteria for needing to be screened is if you have a family history, because there is a very strong genetic component in autoimmune thyroid issues. It doesn't mean you're doomed to get it, but there's a strong genetic component. And if that genetic component is there, and their symptom pictures there. A lot of people get a screening and they say, you're fine. Your TSH is normal. If the doctor had done a more extensive panel like you're talking about, we may have seen the antibodies and been able to address the issue in a 19 or 20-year-old young woman instead of when she's 35 or 40 had had miscarriages and all these problems and it's finally getting diagnosed, we can head it off early, preserve her own thyroid function, get her started on a care plan early on to prevent further damage, and it it's just so nice when you can capture a case at that early stage because you know you can help that person so greatly.
3: You know, absolutely, and I've seen cases where um, if, if, if there's a father with thyroid disease, there's a really good chance that the children will have it too, um, and unfortunately, I've seen children who have lost out on and, and their childhoods because yeah. they were told they were misdiagnosed with thyroid disease and they struggled with their weight, with depression, with, um, you know, low body tone. They weren't able to play sports and all all of these devastating things that could, that could be prevented. And um, it, it's really hard for me to see when um, a person has been misdiagnosed and mistreated for so long. And that, mm-hmm. that's kind of what gets me to wake up in the morning is to think about, if, if we could just reach one more person mm-hmm. and get this information to them early so that they can um, prevent all of all of the devastating effects of thyroid disease.
2: Yeah. Well, when we come back from the break, let's get into, you know, the fun stuff now that we've done the intro. Let's talk about protocol, what people can do, actionable steps. You've got so much great information to share. So, This is Dr. Kevin Becerra with the essentials of healthy living here on AM 1500. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back right after these words.
0: Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognisure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognisure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining a healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognisure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental. Capacity with healthy habits and cognizure. Remember Cognizure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary.
4: to our website at myvillagegreen.com.
2: Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am Dr. Kevin Passero, wishing you all the best of health. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m., and today we've got on with us Dr. Isabella Wentz. She is the author of a number one New York Times best-selling book called The Hashimoto's Protocol. Her other book, Hashimoto's Thyroiditis, Lifestyle interventions for finding and treating the root cause and the uh are also on the New York Times bestselling list. I've read the book, it's phenomenal. We're here today talking about thyroid disorders and Hashimoto's thyroiditis specifically. So, Dr. Wentz, thank you for taking the time with us. In the last segment, we covered a little bit about the basics of Hashimoto's thyroiditis and we talked about it being an autoimmune disease. Just very briefly, <coughs> excuse me, can you? Explain just briefly what an autoimmune disease is because that starts to set the context for why a more comprehensive approach is necessary than just giving a hormone replacement.
3: Mm-hmm. It's such an important topic and not many people realize it, but just about every case of thyroid disease is going to be autoimmune in nature. Uh, whether you have an underactive or an overactive thyroid, basically what's happening in autoimmune disease is that your own immune system starts to recognize a part of your body as a foreign invader and launches an attack against it. So in the case of Hashimoto's, it's the immune system recognizes our thyroid gland as a foreign invader and starts attacking it, leading to the breakdown of thyroid tissue, which then eventually leads to the thyroid gland no longer being able to produce produce enough thyroid hormone. Now, um, one of the biggest problems with autoimmunity is that it's progressive. So a person can start off with one autoimmune condition, such as autoimmune thyroiditis, and they can end up with additional autoimmunity. So they can end up with lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, um, Sjogren's, even multiple sclerosis. And unfortunately, what I've seen is in people who have had either their thyroid glands surgically removed, treated with radioactive iodine or just medicated, that they think they're doing everything they need to do to address their thyroid condition, but then they end up with another type of autoimmune condition five, 10, 15 years down the line. And unfortunately with um, you know with thyroid disease, we we have hormones that can help when the organ has been destroyed to um, to replenish that in the body. But for other conditions, we, we don't have those kinds of natural treatments. So we're, you know, we're at risk for really having debilitating um, symptoms when the autoimmunity progresses.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not like, you know, if your joints are destroyed, you can't just replace your joints if, you know, exactly. I mean, you can, but, you know, it's not that easy. So, exactly. So let's talk about this. Your first book was really about the root cause. This book is protocol based and it's similar concepts. If we're talking about dealing with the root cause of the primary thing responsible for hypothyroidism, which is an autoimmune disorder, we're going to be talking about how do we in some sense rebalance our immune system, right? How do we rebalance this interface of our immune system to our thyroid and bring better balance to our body? So, Help us understand what are some of the common root causes of Hashimoto's that drive this autoimmune response, because we have to understand that first before we can start developing any kind of therapies to address it, right?
3: hmm So absolutely. And um, if I were to categorize the root causes, I would put them in six different categories. I would say they're going to be food sensitivities, nutrient depletions, an impaired ability to get rid of toxins, impaired stress response digestive issues, as well as chronic infections. Um, The thing that I guess underlying root cause or commonality with all of these root causes or triggers is that all of these elements essentially create a message, send a message to our body that we are not safe in our current environment. And so um, part of reestablishing and And getting our our body back in balance is going to be creating a sense of safety for the body. So, um, to kind of dig deeper into that, we know that we um, we know that thyroid disease um, slows down our metabolism. And from an adaptive physiology standpoint, this can oftentimes be beneficial or advantageous for the survival of the human species or the individual human. And so we know that in term in times of famine, in times of stress, um, it's actually more, probably beneficial. It was back in cave times, right. To not be needing as much food and not to be running around as much. And so in fact, there's some research suggesting that, um, that people who are of Irish descent who survived the potato famine, they actually have higher rates of of Hashimoto's and thyroid disease. Um, and when we looked at, for example, um, bears, um, they hibernate during the winter. So the winter is not a beneficial time for bears. So they hold on to their weight and they're more sleepy. They kind of go back in their caves and they don't require as many calories to survive. Um, they actually have a lower degree of thyroid hormones. And this helps them to survive their winter. So hibernating bears actually Mm -hmm. are hypothyroid. Um, And so in a way, our body is always trying to protect us. And uh, our body, one of the ways it does that is by slowing down our hormone, thyroid hormone production. And um, it, it really is a case of sort of mismatched genes to our current environment and various things in our day-to-day environment can send these signals to the body that this is not a good time to reproduce or be out and about or be burning crazy calories, right? Mm-hmm. So um, really the, the whole the whole purpose of thyroid disease in the body is is to protect us. And I think when we know that, we realize that we have to work with our bodies and not against us, which sort of hints at my protocols.
2: Yeah. So <clears throat> my next question, you know, you've worked with so many people with Hashimoto's and You've developed these protocols that can pretty reliably, within a short period of time, help to accelerate healing and symptom reduction, sometimes within one to two weeks. I mean, how is this possible? Help us understand how your protocols are working to create that kind of healing so quickly.
3: Well, you know, when we think about our modern environment, we are... (laughs) we're exposed to 80,000 chemicals, something crazy like that, right? And um, whenever we have this high high level of chemicals in our environment, that sends a message to the body that we're not safe. And and basically our our body kind of registers that there's all this toxicity around us and that it's probably a good time to slow down. And so we find that people with Hashimoto's oftentimes are going to have an impaired ability to get rid of toxins. And so they're going to be, one, they're not sweating enough, so they're not clearing out toxins that way. They're always going to have intestinal permeability, so they're not clearing out toxins that way. And then they have the circulating immune complexes, which build up in the liver. Um, Many of them also have some genetic variations that prevent them from getting rid of toxins. And so we end up with a person, the longer they have the condition, the more sort of toxicity builds up in their body, um, especially if they're using conventional products or they've had any kind of toxic exposures like dental fillings, uh, amalgam dental fillings, and they end up feeling quite horrible um, because of this toxic burden in their bodies. I like to think of the analogy of like an overworked office worker where um, she's working at a government agency and she's got this stack of papers that she needs to process And, um, just giving her one more little application that should take five minutes makes her freak out. Right. And that's sort of what happens within a person who has Hashimoto's. Um, a lot of my clients were to the degree of being, um, having multiple chemical sensitivity where they just were sensitive to supplements, um, perfumes, everything in their environment was basically making them, making them sick and they were feeling horrific. And so, what we did is um, I designed a protocol to help their liver out, to move some of those toxins out safely. So not like a forceful detox, but just really supporting that office worker and giving Mm -hmm. her a more efficient computer, maybe a helper that can help her process out some of these things. And um, I have to admit, it it was a surprise when one of my clients that I put on this protocol, you know, sent me a message within the week and said, hey, um, I've had multiple chemical sensitivities for 10 years and I'm shopping with my kids at the mall now. It was right around Christmas time because um, I can now walk past the Yankee Candle store without without, yeah. you know, feeling mm-hmm. horrific. And what we do with the liver protocol is we help to remove some of that toxic backlog and get pers- get a person um, kind of, you know, we don't get rid of all their toxins, but we get them to like the average level of toxins that, that an average person would have, not somebody who, who has thyroid disease.
2: Yeah. I mean, and aside from that, the liver is so biochemically active, so many different important processes that occur in the body, including thyroid function regulation and T4 to T3 conversion happen a lot in the liver. You know, the liver mm-hmm. is such a powerhouse of all of our biochemical reactions, getting the liver on track with optimal function not only supports detoxification, but supports the health and wellness of the structure as a whole.
3: You know, absolutely. And so we have um, hormones that get um, properly activated and eliminated in by the liver. So if a person's liver is not working properly, they're going to hold on to these hormones and some of them have sort of toxic metabolites and um, they might become estrogen dominant. So once we support the liver, we see that improve. And then we, with thyroid, and this is why I advocate for doing the liver support even before getting on, you know, switching over to like a T3-containing medication is that in some cases, um, you know, a, a big part, as you know, a big part of the conversion from T4 to T3 takes place in the liver. And so in many cases, when we address, the liver, we start seeing that the person's internal thyroid hormones, as well as any external thyroid hormones that they're taking, start being utilized better in the body. And mm-hmm. that and that can help
2: a person feel better. So uh, let's talk about anything else on liver, Dr. Wentz.
3: Well, the kind of components of liver support are going to be making sure you're removing the low-hanging fruit Mm -hmm. that are kind of creating toxicity within your body. And so these would be things like foods. So gluten, dairy, and soy are out during this two-week protocol, Mm -hmm. um, removing toxins from your day-to-day environment. So fluoride is a low-hanging fruit that can damage thyroid cells. Um, Personal care products. So I actually recommend that women go on a personal care product detox. We know that um, there have been numerous studies connected to personal care products, um, and creating autoimmunity. And perhaps one of the reasons women have more thyroid, autoimmune thyroid diseases because of their use of, um, personal care products. So we, we clean that up. Um, we try to eat mostly organic and we try to kind of remove those, those constant things that are it bombard the system in very tiny quantities. Then we get into habits of, um, how do we, promote detoxification. So so one of the key things is making sure that a person is sweating more. So doing things like hot baths, hot yoga, infrared sauna, where the person can tolerate to try to move some of those toxins out to the skin. And then we also focus on doing liver supporting supplements like milk thistle and acetylcysteine um, and a whole host of amino um, acid support for for mm-hmm. just two weeks to clear some of that out. And then also we're using Foods like hot lemon water. Um, we're using berries and all kinds of crucifers to to move some of the toxins along, and just to really support and nourish the liver.
2: Yeah, really putting all the pieces together, and I mean doing the component of taking. You know, people may think, "Oh, I'll support my liver," and they go out and buy this supplement or that herb. For you, also have to reduce. So, doing the dietary changes. Getting out the toxic chemicals in your makeup, trying to do more organic food, getting the fluoride out of your water—those components are just as doing the other supportive therapies because you have to have the right balance, right?
3: You know, absolutely. Because if you're if you're get just taking liver support supplements and you keep bombarding your body with all of these toxins, it's it's just like you know, yep. you're really you're really not you're not reducing that toxic
2: burden no are not really going to get very far so all right when we come back from the break let's keep the conversation going i wanted, love to touch a little bit more on diet just a little bit we briefly went over it and there are some other really important concepts to go over related to gut health adrenal function so we've got a lot to cover this is dr kevin Passera with the essentials of healthy living here on am 1500 and we're going to be back right after these words mega food premium whole food supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended mega food believes mother nature knows best they select only fresh whole food harvested at the peak of ripeness handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle mega food from farm to tablet
4: Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your Omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting Omega oils.
0: The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's Neuro Optimizer comes to the rescue. NeuroOptimizer Optimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. Neuro Optimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. NeuroOptimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green, 5415 West Cedar Lane, or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com.
2: Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in with me. I am here today with Dr. Isabella Wentz. She is a pharmacist and a best-selling author of two books, um, Hashimoto's Thyroiditis which is lifestyle interventions for finding and treating the root cause in her newest book, Hashimoto's protocol, a 90 day plan for reversing thyroid symptoms and getting your life back. You can buy both books on Amazon. I highly recommend it. I haven't read your new book yet, Dr. Wentz, but I will. I loved your old book. You can learn more about her also by visiting her website, which is www.thyroidpharmacist.com. There's a bunch of amazing resources including a phenomenal video documentary that she just did called Thyroid Secret. I mean, if you have Hashimoto's and you have a thyroid disorder, I think, Dr. Wentz, correct me if I'm wrong, what you really want people to do is just be their own advocate and educate themselves so they can get the desired level of care and resolution that they want and don't just rely upon what your health professional tells you is good enough, right?
3: You know, absolutely. I want people to be in charge of their own health. I want them to understand um, how to listen to the subtle signs that their body is telling them and how to be in tune with that because that creates a lifetime of of feeling good and being able to adjust um, your nutrition or whatever that may be to the circumstances that you're going through. Um, it it really, for me, it's establishing that, that communication between you and your body and then learning how to speak up and advocate for yourself. Because at the end of the day, um, you know, every doctor, every healthcare professional, we all want to help you, but you know, your body best. And Mm -hmm. it's really up to you to change the way you eat, to, you know, take, take the medications, to take the supplements, to take
2: action. Yep. Yeah. Just don't settle until you've unturned every rock. And I think that's a really important thing. And there's resources like Dr. Wentz has put out her books, her website that are a plethora of information that we try to bring you in the radio show. So educate yourself and be your own advocate. And the reality is, is that even though your books, Dr. Wentz are specialized on thyroid disorders. The reality is the concepts within them are really geared at optimizing human cellular health and function. And, while some of the things are very specific to thyroid, the reality is if just a random person picked up one of your books and followed most of the aspects of your protocol, supporting their liver, working with their digestion, their gut, adrenals, and all these different things, detox, stress management, we know they would feel better. So it's really about helping your body to express its optimal expression of health. So in this segment, let's start off by talking about I love a term you used over the break, food pharmacology. And we glazed over a little bit related to the first part of your detox, avoiding certain foods like gluten and dairy and soy. But let's dig in a little bit more about food, how it relates to our gut and how our gut and digestive system relates to autoimmune conditions and therefore this autoimmune condition, Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So a lot of questions in there, but I'm just going to let you go. (laughs)
3: Right. And so um what not many people realize is that an intest uh, leaky perme <laughs> leaky <laughs> that intestinal permeability or a leaky gut, I was starting to say leaky permeability, um, that that this is a really, really critical component of why people develop autoimmune disease. So every case of autoimmunity has three components genetic predisposition, triggers, and then um an and the component of the gut malfunction where the gut, which is supposed to be very um, very sealed up from the outside environment, it is going to be um, permeable or leaky. And while we can't change our genes, at least not today, maybe in 100 years we'll be uh-huh. able to do so, um, and we can't necessarily figure out every single trigger or even eliminate every single trigger that we've been exposed to, we can always work on making our gut less leaky. And when we do that, we actually can get the condition into remission. Um, and as as we do that, the person will feel significantly better. Mm-hmm. And so Go ahead. the elements of um, what some of the things that create a leaky gut are going to be nutrient deficiencies, different types of infections, an imbalance of bacteria, um, deficiency in enzymes, as well as various foods can produce that intestinal permeability or the leaky gut.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, leaky gut, some people just imagine their GI system has like these giant holes in it. I mean, we're talking cellular microscopic breakdown of this barrier function that the gut is supposed to have. And as a result, I mean, what happens? Why is leaky gut so bad? Why is it such an important trigger or component of autoimmune, Dr. Wentz?
3: Well, one of the things that happens is When the gut is leaky, then we have different foods. Instead of just staying in our digestive system, they get into the rest of our body and they may be recognized as foreign invaders. Mm -hmm. And then whatever food proteins, um, a a lot of times we might have a cross-reactive protein on the thyroid gland or another part of our body that um, then gets attacked through a mechanism known as molecular mimicry. So for example, gluten has some components on it that look similar to the thyroid glands. And whenever we have a leaky gut and then gluten gets into the gut or gets outside of that, um, the immune system will launch an attack against the gluten as well as against our thyroid because it looks like gluten. Um, The kind of, you know, it's a really, really fascinating area of work. And there's a lot of sort of misinformation in the conventional medical world. They say that the only kind of allergy that is a reaction that's possible to have with foods is an allergy where you have um, an IgE allergy and that's one part of the immune system, or um, you might have celiac disease where you have um, um, another part of your immune system that reacts to gluten. But besides that, the conventional medical model doesn't really recognize the other types of reactions we could have to foods. There's one important branch of the immune system known as the IgG branch, and this governs food sensitivities. These food sensitivities um, can be created when you have a leaky gut, and they can also perpetuate leaky gut. So um, any kind of food could be a problem, but protein foods are especially problematic. So Gluten, dairy, and soy are going to be some of the biggest ones. And um, IgG reactions are known as type 4 hypersensitivity reactions. Mm -hmm. They don't happen right away. IgE reactions happen very quickly. Um, IgG can take anywhere from hours to a few days to manifest. Mm -hmm. The, The interesting thing here, and this is where I maybe get a little nerdy, but Hashimoto's is also a type 4 hypersensitivity reaction. And um, the Ig- there are also IgG antibodies involved. And so whenever we see with Hashimoto's, what we see clinically is that whenever a person is eating a food that causes an IgG reaction for them, that also seems to make Hashimoto's uh, worse and yeah. they attack on the thyroid gland.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mediated by the same mechanism in the immune system. And what people have to understand, I mean, foods are particularly prime for triggering our immune system because the majority of our immune system is located in our digestive system where we interface and break down food. So it's like this hotbed of our immune army constantly interfacing with all these foods. It's high likelihood that you're more likely to cause triggers. And then there's all these other issues that you talked about related to the microbiome, all the gut bacteria. There are all these different factors. I'm assuming in your book, Dr. Wentz, Do you break down these things a little bit more detail and talk to people about how to properly assess whether or not they're dealing with microbial or food sensitivity. I mean, usually it's all there together, but do you help Mm -hmm. guide people through navigating what steps they may need to take in order to help resolve their gut permeability?
3: Mm -hmm. So I have a gut protocol um, and this is based on my experience with um, over a thousand clients with Hashimoto's now where we find a way to get the gut into balance. And, and so we use a targeted approach where we get off of the most common reactive foods for six weeks. And so those are going to be gluten, dairy, and soy, but also eggs, grains, nightshades, seeds, and nuts. And I know this can sound um, like you've got nothing to, left to eat but ice cubes, but actually you know, you have plenty of choices with every kind of um, meat and vegetable, and I've got some great recipes to go with that um and so you end up you end up doing essentially an elimination diet where you get off of these most common reactive protein foods and um that starts to heal up the gut and that starts to reduce some of those IgG reactions we focus on using enzymes um and some of the enzymes break down the the antibodies that are formed to foods and to our thyroid gland Other enzymes work to support the digestive process so that we are properly digesting our foods, meaning that they're broken down into smaller pieces that are um, not as likely to cause a reaction. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we're also reestablishing the microbial balance through using probiotics. And we're also establishing the gut barrier. So one of the, in some cases, the, the gut barrier may become leaky because there's not enough of the raw materials to to fix it or perhaps um our body is breaking itself down and is removing um some of the the amino acids from from that and so we're utilizing things like L glutamine zinc And omega 3s to help repair that gut barrier. And we do that for six weeks, where we do a targeted protocol that helps most people feel better and address their gut. Um, In some cases, this protocol also helps a person get rid of some of the gut infections that they may have. So if they had a mild candida case or maybe a mild um, parasitic infection, Just by supporting that gut wall, we support secretory IgA. Um, A lot of times um, the gut sort of heals on its own. And then um, beyond that, I also have advanced protocols where if within six weeks the person hasn't reached their health goals or has reached a plateau, we can go through more targeted assessments to see if they have an infection Mm -hmm. like H. pylori or something else that may be um, sabotaging their healing and preventing the gut from truly um, truly becoming healed and sealed.
2: Yeah. And there are very few people in my experience that don't feel really well on an elimination diet because invariably there's usually one of those foods that is causing some degree of chronic inflammation. And that chronic inflammation, what people have to understand, even though it's starting in the gut, it doesn't mean that's where it stays. The inflammatory cytokines and chemicals that are triggered in the digestive system as a result of these food reactions travel in our bloodstream anywhere in our body within seconds. So they can cause brain fog. They can cause joint pain. They can cause muscle aches. They can cause skin symptoms, psoriasis, eczema. They can cause and trigger contribute to migraine headaches, so many other symptoms. And by reducing that burden of inflammation, people oftentimes feel really good. It is that aspect of nutrition. And I don't know, Dr. Wentz in your experience in working with people from my standpoint, that is the most critical cornerstone in establishing any type of healing, truly healing program, not just alleviating symptoms with supplements or thyroid hormone or whatever it is. That is the cornerstone of healing in almost every condition.
3: It's just amazing. Um, I see 75% of people feel significantly better when they do this elimination diet yeah. and and I just and I don't mean just symptoms but like we've seen thyroid nodules disappear mm-hmm. thyroid antibodies disappear and um a whole host of diagnoses like disappear with yep. with doing this kind of diet it's it can be quite miraculous
2: I know but it's hard everybody just wants to pop a pill nobody wants to give up their pizza and their burgers and their you know beer and their you know all that kind of stuff that people love to eat But at some point, the people that are ready to make those changes, if they're ready to commit, they never regret it. They never give up. I've never had a patient give up a food and say, oh, my gosh, I feel so much better, but I'm going to eat the food anyway because I don't mind feeling terrible. It's like once people realize that the dietary changes are going to result in feeling so good, they never go back and they just learn how to structure their lifestyle to incorporate the changes that make them feel so good in their body and allow them to start living the life they've always wanted to live. Now, when we come back from the break, Dr. Wentz, we're going to talk about a super important topic that we cannot end the show without discussing, and that is the adrenal glands. So um, we'll be back right after this break. This is Dr. Kevin Pacero with the Essentials of Healthy Living. Don't go anywhere.
1: Available at Village Green Apothecary.
4: New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Multivitamins. That's right, certified organic. Made with the highest quality standards. Uncooked, untreated, unadulterated. Non-GMO certified, vegan, and gluten-free. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com.
1: Some things are hard to stomach, and life doesn't stop for occasional immune challenges or intestinal distress. ProBalarti from Metagenics offers a new targeted probiotic approach for intestinal support. Help maintain control while traveling or as a follow-up to antibiotic therapy to support intestinal flora for healthy intestinal function. ProBalarti provides ID-certified probiotic strains suggested by research to enhance certain aspects of immune function, in addition to promoting a healthy balance of intestinal microflora. ProBalarti is the go-to probiotic for patients on the go. Get it today. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Have you ever wondered
0: why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D-1000 and D-5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available
2: at Village Green. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on am 1500. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Pacero. Thank you all for tuning in. We've been having a phenomenal show with Dr. Isabella Wentz. Check out her new book, Hashimoto's Protocol, a 90-day plan for reversing thyroid symptoms and getting your life back. It is a officially New York Times best selling book. You can find it on Amazon or visit her website at www.thyroidpharmacist.com. Dr. Wentz, thank you for taking the time today. We have a short segment here, and we've got to get to a topic that everybody needs to know about and that everybody discusses when it comes to dealing with the more holistic approach to thyroid disorders, and that is the adrenal glands. So help us understand why the adrenal glands are so important when managing a thyroid condition.
3: So there's a really important feedback loop between the adrenals and the thyroid gland. And when one of them is not working properly, the other one is going to um, try to intervene and, and try to get things into balance. Um, to, to keep things very simple, we see that most people with thyroid disease have some degree of adrenal dysfunction. And most of my clients, they usually, have, um, they usually don't produce enough cortisol. Um, And this leaves them really, really tired and at risk for a lot of inflammation in their bodies. And so getting the adrenals in balance is going to be one of the things, one of the most helpful things you can do for a person symptomatically wise. um, A lot of times they think they have thyroid symptoms when it's really adrenal symptoms and people will will start on thyroid medication, feel better, and then then feel worse right after because thyroid hormones actually encourage more of your adrenal hormones to leave the body. So we have Mm -hmm. to do some lifestyle and interventions to to get things into balance. So what we do for the adrenal protocols, we have a fundamental protocol where we work to rebalance the stress response. And we do this through um, addressing blood sugar, addressing nutrition, making sure the person is getting plenty of rest. And giving them ways to reduce and manage stress. And this is a protocol that we do over the course of four weeks um, that helps to rebalance the stress response. And this is one of the the things, one of my favorite things in the book. I like to refer to it as spa month because the principles of it are really stress reduction, making you feel significantly better and really choosing yourself and choosing to nourish and care for yourself throughout throughout that entire month so you have like permission to Mm -hmm. let go of things you don't want to do
2: yeah that's hard for a lot of people definitely and yeah i mean the adrenal glands play a huge role in helping to balance out the endocrine interplay of thyroid hormone and you've got to have that right balance of you know not too much cortisol but certainly not too little cortisol and you know our culture and our lifestyle drive so much stress and strain on the adrenals. It is so critically important to address that component of health with thyroid issues. So Dr. Wentz, we're kind of running out of time. What else do people need to understand or know about related to thyroid conditions? What else?
3: You know, I would say the most important thing is making sure that you are in charge of your own health and making sure that you're involved and understanding where your condition is coming from, what is triggering your condition. Stress is going to be a really, really big trigger, and um, getting aligned and getting in touch with, with, with your body and listening to its messages. That That's really my mm-hmm. most important recommendation for people with thyroid disease. Um, there may be various triggers. There may be some advanced triggers. So my focus is the fundamentals where we address the liver, adrenals, and gut but there may be also additional triggers, like chronic infections. And these are some of the elements that um, I have an assessment in my book on how to go through. And then we we talk about how to figure out if you have these advanced triggers and um, how to work with your practitioner on on addressing them.
2: yeah, it's so important. And I think you know, something that you said at the beginning of the show that I hear so often, which makes me so frustrated, is that people are literally told, that the symptoms they're having or the issues they're having are all in their head. And it's really just a poor excuse from the doctor because they don't really understand or know how to help somebody. And, you know, I think all of your work, your advocacy books, your website, your documentary series are all geared at helping people to understand that there is a reason. And if you can understand that reason and find the right resources, you can find an answer. Right. Yeah,
3: you know, absolutely. And it really starts with you. So um, all of my work is meant to empower you as a patient to take back your health and to do all the things in your life that are the fundamentals for you to feel better and and learn how to utilize the medical system if you if you, if you need some additional tweaks.
2: Yeah. Well, Dr. Wentz, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. It was a phenomenal show. We love all of your resources. We love all of your information. You can learn more by visiting thyroidpharmacist.com. And please check out Dr. Wentz's new book on Amazon, which is Hashimoto's Protocol, a 90-day plan for reversing thyroid symptoms and getting your life back. I'm Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living, wishing you all the best of health until next time. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye.
1: West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com.